0: Welcome to Radio Survivor. This is the sound of strong communities. I'm Paul Reismanel and I am one half of the hosting and uh, production team. Hello, everybody. My name is Eric Klein. I'm the other host and producer of Radio Survivor. And we've been we've been getting a lot of email lately, which is great. I'm, I'm really thrilled uh, when we get uh, feedback. And not only do we, are we getting feedback, we're getting really smart, articulate feedback. And and critical feedback, yeah. So, lucky. which I, I I really appreciate uh, constructive criticism, uh, Eric. And and so uh, I think in yeah. fact that, that, that we got an email from a one, listener that was I think it was directed to you. It was
1: directed to me, which I think is the first time that's uh, clearly been the case that I was addressed directly by a listener who uh, pointed out, rightly so, that I have on more than one occasion uh, verbally assumed. The truth of the following statement that ham radio people are old guys. Mm-hmm. I that's I just spoke it as if it was real, <laughs> and he pointed that out. And I uh, thank you for calling me out on such a stupid assumption. Uh, I will explain myself. The reason I. Assumed that was true. Was the one time I was in the back of a Berkeley City Council meeting uh, on behalf of my radio station, uh, KPFA, reporting on the Berkeley City Council meeting. And they uh, read a proclamation at the beginning of the meeting, uh, recognizing the work of the local ham radio community in the uh, earthquake preparations and other disaster preparedness mm-hmm. for the community, and what a great work it was. Uh, My uh, observation from the back of the room was that the three men who accepted the award were elderly, and that's all. That's all I got, and that's not fair. Yeah, that's that's pure. uh, That's pure. um, What's what's the right word? Stereotyping. Yes.
0: Well, you know the interesting thing, though, of course, and let's take some other domain. I imagine if if it had been an award for like real estate. Or for architecture, it probably would have been old guys too.
1: Right, right, of course. Right, so the, half you know, the time, the people that are being recognized for their life's work, well, right,
0: are, because they have accomplished a lot of things. They they've taken on leadership positions. You don't tend to just walk into these leadership positions. But I think I think probably one reason why uh, many uh, amateur radio operators are a little sensitive about that stereotype is because it's a
1: common one, right? Yeah, it, and and especially and I think it's a common one. I'm sure it was always reinforced. Every every time I mentioned it in public <laughs> that no one ever corrected me before.
0: Well, and and it's also dovetails with the whole radio is dying theme, right? right? That which we're constantly debunking here on radio survivor. I, you know, that again, that, that it's not a medium for young people, that it's not a medium for, 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 for millennials sure. or anyone younger,
1: which is not just uh, wrong, but also sometimes dangerous because it's, it's the reason why uh college radio stations are disregarded exactly. by the people that uh, get to make life or death choices about the, the future of those stations.
0: And people are getting involved in ham radio, amateur radio all the time. And and it's true. Amateur radio plays a, a crazily important role in times yeah. of emergencies, should, weather emergencies, and other na- and other sorts of natural disasters, if not other, other sorts of disasters, period.
1: And I just need to uh, point out the, for myself that I'm totally ignorant. <laughs> that other than that one time that... Uh, that in the back of the Berkeley City Council meeting it was recognized i had never thought of it before and then i've brought it up that anecdote i've just brought it up twice on this podcast i've never done any reading research or had a honest to goodness conversation on or off the air with a with a, a, a hobbyist radio yeah a and, and, and the thing about
0: about beep, i mean and the thing about of course amateur radio and and hams is it's a diverse lot right and so you know I, I think you know often in in the uh, in the uh pirate radio community they've often felt a little oppositional because sometimes uh many people in the amateur radio community take exception to, to pirates right uh, amateur play, amateur
1: radio people play by the rules
0: well right and and those rules are important <laughs> like they maintain the integrity of those bands uh they they ensure that uh you know i mean so in particular say that the Ham bands are not for broadcast they are for uh for conversation right they are for the ability for people to talk to one another, whether it's with voice or or with uh morse code um it is not to just dominate and broadcast and yeah. it's licensed it's right a part,
1: it's a part of the public spectrum. That I don't, I don't think people realize that that's a – Yeah, it's a, it's a specific
0: set-aside. And there's all these conventions there. and agreements that maintain the integrity of it worldwide. And, 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 and there are bands that are short uh, – that are high-frequency, so short distance. Uh, and one of the advantages of that, high-frequency bands, is that the equipment is very portable. So especially in times of emergency, it sets up this other line of communication. Mm. And then some of the bands are shortwave. Uh, and therefore, they can they can go tens, uh, so really hundreds and thousands of miles, um, and that's and that's set aside for these different things. So uh, that's important. And 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 I'm not myself uh, a radio amateur. Um, it's something
1: I've I've given consideration to. You own equipment though, right? No, no I thought I thought you had a I thought you had the ability to to turn on. No, oh, I, I do. I'm not. mistaken. I do
0: not own any. Uh, Ham radio equipment because um, I'm not, and, and it's something I take very seriously. I would only uh, really go and, and get myself a transceiver, um, which which means it you know transmits and receives. If I were to be licensed, because that would be important to me. Sure, uh, and out of respect to, to I think the, the the stuff that hams do, uh, you know, and so sometimes the pirates, you know, they feel a little oppositional because they feel like oh, you know, it, it's some. Because uh, many, as I think our uh, listener pointed out, uh, many hamster engineers they 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 do things. uh, They do signal finding. Sometimes they'll do it for sport, where someone hides a transmitter uh, beacon of some sort, and they all try to direction find it and find the beacon. uh, Like and so sometimes they will go find a pirate, right? Which is easy because they're. Transmissions are FM and they are uh, constant, so it's really not too difficult to find them. Uh, so sometimes they, they feel it's oppositional, but but often you know it, it's there are many people who are radio engineers who are also like, no, we just want if you're going to do this sort of thing, uh, don't interfere, don't don't create trouble on a dial. I mean, there's a diversity of opinions, and, yeah. and to stereotype would is, is incredibly unfair. Is all I really
1: mean to say. Well, what is what is the listener's yeah, name? So I just want to thank Blake, I don't, uh, Blake for for writing me and. And for uh pointing out the the error of my ways and i really appreciate that and we really should yeah
0: it's an area that radio survivor only covers occasionally uh and, and in part i think it's because none of us is a radio amateur although uh we we respect the work that goes on um, um matthew wrote recently uh on radio survivor about how uh sort of climate change is is sort of triggering people right. to take into account uh amateur radio a little bit more at the forefront right now, especially uh, people who are involved in emergency uh, preparedness. And uh, But there are, are one group that uh, Blake pointed out to us that we want to reinforce. It's a group I'm familiar with. I often read their blog, their news blog, is the American Radio... Relay League, the ARRL, Association of American uh, Amateur Radio Operators and Enthusiasts. We'll, we'll put a link in the show notes for anyone yeah, who's never checked it out.
1: ARRL.org.
0: And there's actually a place I've been meaning to stop into. Um, I'm pretty sure it's in Tigard. So that's a suburb of Portland. And yeah. I see it uh, and it's it called the Ham Radio Store.
1: Oh, yeah. I think and I've driven past that Ham Radio Store yeah, and thought the it, same thing. It's
0: it's sort of – for me, I pass it because it's on the way to uh, the Willamette Valley Wine Country. <laughs> I like <laughs> to go to wine tastings here uh, outside of Portland and I always see it. And, and I'm always with other people who are not really in, into the whole Ham Radio thing, so I've not really uh, <laughs> asked them to well, stop. Well, you and
1: I need to go to wine country and take a stop although, at although, the uh, – <laughs> I'll admit story.
0: we were there. I was there uh, over the Fourth of July weekend with my wife, and she she offered to stop. We were actually not close by. We we was sort of on the other way, and so uh-huh. it was a little kind of out of the way. So we didn't. But I mean to stop in there uh, because it it's sort of uh, unique. I mean, you know, like so many kind of specialty things that one might buy. Uh, Much of it's moved online,
1: right? It moved to mail order. That's that's my my second thought about the store is much like model railroad stores around the Portland metro area. One has to wonder how many more years – they're going to be open.
0: But it's great to see that this business is, that it's in business, Let's right? Let's go. And we should take a field trip. It would be Yeah, we really should take a field trip. We go and go talk to the folks at the uh Ham Radio Store cuz I'm sure they're plugged in with the community, yeah, right? And you you kind of have to be and it but it always gives me a smile on my face and and it's so plainly named as the Ham Radio Store. There's yeah, so, like no mistaking what what goes on there. And, and Why why dither? And Radio Shack used to sell, right? Uh, Maybe they still do. I haven't looked in a long time, but
1: they used to sell amateur radio equipment. Gosh, if there's a Radio Shack left in your neighborhood, there's two Radio Shacks in this neighborhood. Uh, Interesting, because a lot of them, they a lot of them closed. And and the
0: funny thing is that, you know, then we're going to get way specific here. So, so I live right in in the sort of uh, what is called inner northeast Portland. So I'm just across the river from downtown, near the Rose Quarter which uh, is where the basketball arena is. And it's right by a mall called Lloyd uh, Center Mall. And there is both a Radio Shack inside the mall, which is, you know, three quarters of a mile from my house. And then there's a Radio Shack like three or four blocks to the west. (laughs) Right. <laughs> Which is a half mile from my house. And I always like I, I thought one of them would close when the when Radio Shack went through all this corporate restructuring, all these problems. I'm like, why have a Radio Shack in the mall and out of the mall? Now now, and they, they still now we're doing
1: an episode of Planet Money podcast. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> they would the figure it out. The, yeah. Uh, radio they Shacks. would totally figure that out why you why your neighborhood still has two Radio Shacks. There must be I mean, it's probably because one is a parking lot and the other one's inside a mall. But I want to thank Blake so much. Oh, we just I just received this his email two days ago and so we didn't I didn't actually uh check with him as to whether i should uh make it public or not so that's why we're being uh being cute about make sure to respond to him, name. him so yeah and answer. i will but i'm sure i hope he's listening but so but. Thank, thanks so much for pointing it out uh we love being um uh being being talked to and talked back to especially especially if we said something that was uh Dumb. Offhanded. Yeah. <laughs> Unintentional. Yeah. Hey, love to hear what's going on. We love to get reports
0: of all sorts of cool things going on in radio around the country and around the world. And we've, we've received uh, many, many great uh, comments uh, since starting the show. We're on episode 55 now, I think, is what we're where we are here. So a little bit more than a year in. Send us your comments to podcast at radiosurvivor.com. You can always tweet us or leave us a Facebook comment. But uh, email seems to be seems to work pretty well. Like, why why mess with success when email <laughs> works really well? We really appreciate your support, Blake. I appreciate the support of everyone who contributes to our uh, either Patreon campaign, which is uh, regular monthly giving, or is able to every so often uh, donate to our efforts uh, via PayPal at rayosurvivor.com. We, a big, big thank you. Uh, for helping us keep the lights on and the files hosted and the website up and running um, every single day, it's great stuff. So we kind of came into this show uh, without a without a great agenda. <laughs> Let's just you know we just admit it here. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on, um, but. The interesting thing was I just attended a marketing conference. Oh, boy. So, you know, Sorry. and so part of it, you know, is regards to my day job, which we mention every so often that I work for a podcasting company, Midroll Media. And part of my job, and really most of my job is marketing. Um, principally, it's marketing to uh, advertisers, trying to help them understand uh, why podcasts are great and why they should buy ads on podcasts. And then I also work on uh, another project, which is called Howl. It's it's our premium network. We have uh, podcasts which are only available on on Howl. They're made specifically for it. Um, that cover all sorts of genres, from drama to documentary to comedy. And there, I uh, work on trying to uh, keep our users engaged. Mm. Engagement marketing is what we we we've come to call it. So I send emails, and we, we you know we use social media
1: and talking about point, new shows when talking the new about shows new shows, shows
0: and yeah. recommending shows to people. Make you know if you like this, you might like that. So this conference was here called the Digital Summit. I guess it's the first time it's held in Portland. In the past, I learned uh, more often held in San Francisco, obviously. Uh, and it's for people doing digital online marketing, and I thought I would go to kind of get a little better at parts of my job, and I learned some things. But the interesting thing about it is that you know you have these uh you know in in these sorts of conferences always built in social time you know networking time or whatever so you know whether it's over like a lunch break or sometimes they'll have like a happy hour at the end of the day. And you do a little bit of talking, a little bit of schmoozing. And uh I'm not so great at that sometimes. Hmm. I do great when it's all radio people. <laughs> right. Yeah. Then you know <laughs> then you know where you fit. And, and all podcast people. But uh yeah, I'm a little you know, I'm a little uh I found and I'm a little outside the uh, the inner circle there I mean a lot of folks are there from agencies you know so mm-hmm. ad agencies that, that do things for clients or a lot of folks I would talk I talked to some folks who work for like inside of, of a company that sells something but you know sometimes it was selling like industrial equipment or uh, I talked to a woman who works for a company that uh, basically it, it's it's like uh, match.com she called match.com for long haul trucking Hooking up, you know, people who have stuff they need to move and oh, okay. people who have
1: trucks. As opposed to a dating website. No, for, no, no, not for truckers, for yeah. long haul truckers. <laughs> I can see why one would come to that conclusion. Um, when, when Once you use match.com as your analogy, and then what would, because that's, that, that's the one she used, she, she used it with yeah. me.
0: Uh, no one said the Tinder of trucking. That would be yeah, the different. Uber of trucking.
1: Isn't that what that is? Uh, anyway, everything's yeah, the Uber, everything, of something. Uber of
0: something. That, that's sort of being worn out. Um, but I would talk with folks. You the know, Uber of it, this metaphor. And you wear your, you know, you got your lanyard. You got your placard that says your name and your company, so everyone can lay, like, hi Paul, hi Chris, hi.
1: What is midroll?
0: Yeah, you know, what is midroll? Everyone, no one, no one had ever heard of us, uh, which which didn't surprise me. I mean, you know, we're we're known in the podcasting world, but what I what right. I got sort of demonstrated here is how podcasting is still a small world. And I, I and mean, you and I, we could we have lived in it all all the damn time. That's and I, all I it think it about. All week long, right? And on top of that, you know, I mean, so many of my friends listen to podcasts um, and or if not, that they're very familiar with podcasts. So it's not something which I... I, I find uh, I, I find it's like the mainstream to me right and and then you know the New York Times writes about it fast company writes about it you know it gets press in in, in, in the Washington
1: Post and sure. the Guardian I mean it's also just old news now it's it old feels that it's, like old it's news. old that it's new it's it's been new for a real long time
0: yeah exactly it feels like it's this this mainstream thing and then you know, I and especially I think I'm at a digital marketing conference in a I big was, city on a, the west in a coast. Big city on the west coast. I would have thought that podcasting is like at the at the front of mind, and and the fact was not really. And and this is no kind of formal survey, but among sort of people I talk to, by the way, and maybe this counts. It, it it's maybe a dozen to twenty people over the course of two days. Um, I want to say more than half did not listen to podcasts. Hmm. At all. Period. Um, probably half of them, so quarter of overall, were folks who said, Yeah, I you know, I remember I was kinda into podcasting back when it was was, was the new big thing. So and I would sort of inquire, and usually they're talking about somewhere in the mid aughts. So okay. two thousand six through two thousand nine. They did some listening and they then- did some listening and, and then I asked, like, well, well, why did you fade out? A lot of times they say, Well, I, I just sort of lost interest, or sometimes uh they'd stop commuting. So maybe there was like they, they had like a commute, and they had something where which uh podcast worked for them. Or they, they eventually just were into one podcast and they quit it quit, it went away. And then that and they just never looked for another one. Wow. To be
1: a fan of one podcast. But but if you think about it in like two thousand
0: seven <laughs> or eight, there was a lot of churn. A lot of I mean, it's funny because I've looked into like shows that i i once listened to and like oh how many don't exist anymore and a lot of times they were on you know people would talk about it It was like i was really into this podcast on like you know javascript right <laughs> you know yeah. it was on, on on some particular topic one guy i talked with said oh oh yeah i, I have a, a lot of friends who are in the podcast so i so into them like they listen or they make them so all oh, they make them then like they all make like marketing podcasts <laughs> right you know, and and but I none of them were there I, I, as as far as I could tell at 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 the meeting. And this friend listens to them. I don't know. I, I, a- I didn't. I didn't quite figure it out. And 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 I did meet people who were into them and and a few who had heard of of podcasts that we work with at Mid Raleigh the ones that we produce or the ones that we represent like WTF with Mark Marin but so many people had not heard of Mark Marin and i was like wait Mark Marin had president obama in his garage and he was on like tv all on la over a place he was in the new york times about it and i was I'm like we wow were, that was
1: like a, right around episode 3 of radio survivor when that occurred yeah yeah it, and, yeah just so about I, a year ago i remember both uh, finding out about it, my, my mother happened to reach out to inform me, which was so sweet. Uh, and,
0: and your mom, your mom lives in L- L.A. She lives least. in Los Angeles, so yeah. she reads
1: the L.A. Times, but she does not listen to podcasts. Right, right. Which that's when you said there's people who don't listen to podcasts. I, I instantly thought of my parents. What? But but and then for you, it was the um, like what was it? It was Christmas and New Year's and and also uh, tax filing day all rolled into one. The day that that Obama was. Was announced to be on Mark <laughs> Maron. It was a very important moment. Oh, absolutely! In, absolutely in, for all of you at work. Yeah, it was absolutely. Um, Tax filing day because it wasn't all it wasn't all popping champagne corks. You had work to do. <laughs> I didn't have so much work to do, but yeah, yeah. It was certainly it was
0: a big moment, and yeah. and yet you get sort of reminded. And we, I mean, in, in in the podcasting industry, such as is, or people in podcasting, no one, everyone knows that. Podcasting is not like Netflix, and podcasting right. is not like Spotify or, never mind, cable television or radio. We all know we don't have that size of audience yet. Can I period. say the word
1: Pokemon Go? Podcasts <laughs> is not Pokemon Go. There it is I did it. Not Pokemon. I got to Go. say it today. This is
0: true, um, and and yet when you sort of. Hang out with so many radio people and so many podcasting people; it's easy to forget, especially because it it, it gets a fair amount of media coverage, which reminds you it is, it is a stark reminder of how there's a hive mind, yeah. to to mainstream media, and there's a hive mind alternative media as well. It's a different hive, but and and I say that not as I don't say it as a, as a, I'm looking down. It's not a criticism meant to uh, you know. It's it's not a, a hurtful criticism. It's just an observation, right? Journalists tend to know each other,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and journalists working in in similar beats in similar cities also tend to know each other. And a lot of people in podcasting are journalists or former journalists or people who've worked in media organizations. I mean, you think about Slate. Yeah. Right. Slate magazine online. One of the biggest podcasting podcast producing companies around with their panoply network. Well, so many of those people working there came out of either came out of either Slate came out of journalism, came out of places like the Washington Post or WNYC or lots of other places. So, of course, they know each other. Yeah. And the journey. And so journalists working in some place like the New York Times or working, you know, at Fast Company they're going to be more hooked in i mean and and it's sort of that's their job to be more hooked in as well um and it gives but i think it gives the illusion sometimes that um that i'm like oh people must know about this or people must be really hooked in and and so many people are like oh oh so wow you sell so people market on podcasts i'm like yes they do <laughs> people use podcasts to mar- for marketing yes they do she so they like they buy ads like yes <laughs> that is how you fund most of the big podcasts you know that are funded by ads including the ones that, that come from public radio are funded by ads. it was right. it was interesting conversations. and then of course the folks you know and then I talked to at least a few people who are way in, okay. Like way in the podcast, so they were like, "Oh yeah, of course I know Mailchimp and I know Casper mattress," and they knew they could they could rattle it all off. You're because, li-
1: just listing um, some of the most uh, prolific advertisers, yes, in the podcast, uh, in the world. podcast
0: world. And so, you know, and they were quite aware of it, you know. And we could have a a different conversation about it. Um, because they also said well so how does that work i mean do do i mean do do the hosts read the ads and i said well i mean what about the podcast do you listen to do they do they I said yeah they do i said exactly so that's what you know that's that's what we sell that's what we're into um, it's just interesting, you know, and I think that, that this is, it, this is good to think about as, as podcasters, regardless of whether your objective is to have a, uh, commercially funded podcast, have a podcast which is, is funded through, uh, some kind of crowdfunding, whether it's like a Patreon or Kickstarter, or whether your podcast is really, uh, you know, in, in, in support of a cause or just for pleasure or simply just to have the mode of expression it's like it, 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 for me it's it's useful to have that uh that reset of, of my barometer uh because it one it reminds you like wow there's so much more to grow and that, to me that's amazing right. to me the op, you know i hear often sort of uh podcasters complain a little bit about how it's hard to stand out because there's too many podcasts and it's, i mean you know and that's you know it, of course, and in the same way, it's hard to stand out as an independent musician because there's so many independent musicians. But if the audience only is growing, well, that's so much more opportunity to reach people who might be interested in in your message and what you have to say, or or, or the uh, the the people you wish to expose to a, to a broader world. You could be their first podcast exactly exactly fantastic that's a a wonderful framing and as well i think it reminds us how uh there's work to do (laughs) to to expose people to podcasts and also because the question i would get well oh so if i wanted to get back into it where would i start where would you start and and i and i said well you know i said it's it it, there's and that's sort of two questions like one question what app do i use technical right and i said well do you own an iphone and a Lot of folks, very large proportions said yes. I said, "Well, the podcast app is right there," and I said, "Go in and just search on a topic you might be interested sure. in."
1: Have I complained yet about the podcast app on this? Oh podcast? yeah, I mean,
0: everyone, everyone
1: complains. <laughs> mine keeps about crashing. It. Yeah, and I, I'm not. And been I have using a new phone, lately, so mine keeps crashing. And I, my theory, I'm sorry, but it's, a, I'm sorry to complain about my own app that I on my own phone, but my theory that the reason why it crashes is because I'm uh, too much of a podcast hoarder. That I do subscribe oh, yeah. to so every podcast that I think is cool, and I think that the thing is designed for like a few dozen. You've turned and that's it into it. an edge case. You are you yeah. are a bounds checker. But it crashes every every time. Yeah, it's tough. Every time I listen wow. to a show, I know that I'll press play, and it'll play for uh, forty five seconds, and then it will crash, hmm. and then I have to press play again, and then I can listen to the whole show. Interesting. And it also is very slow to load the new episodes. Because I subscribe. I should go count and get back to you. It's I'm, probably 200 Oh, I, I churn podcasts. in and out. I, I,
0: I well, Often what I'll do uh, – because I use Overcast, which is a yes. free app. And what I'll do it, – it's pretty easy with Overcast to sort of uh, browse a, a show and download a few yeah. episodes. Without and, subscribing. Without, And I'll just yeah. leave it there and I'll often go back and say, oh, is there new episodes? And then if I really like it, I subscribe.
1: I use Overcast. I use Stitcher. I use – podcast app right, and so I would put, put I use SoundCloud now to listen to a lot of shows yeah, cause and it, then and now NPR1 is a fun way right as we talked about last week I'm enjoying that as a podcast app. So, yeah, so I go. sort of
0: would point people like you know th- from the technology, you know, it, can you look for it? But I, I think th- the fact that that question is still
1: there when like the apps literally at you yeah
0: on your phone, you can't get rid of you it if you have iOS. It. You have, can't
1: erase you it. You have to make a special folder for things I can't erase. Yes, to get just to push it off to the and last. On page. Android,
0: of course, it's a bigger question, but now the Google Play Store supports podcasts. Right. Uh, so that's a place where people can pick up podcasts as well. And of course, there, some there's, people don't have smartphones
1: those people yeah, i guess the, would just stream from I there i think at
0: the digital marketing conference yeah. i did not see anyone who wasn't walking around at some point with with their little device in their hands i know
1: that my 70 year old uh father who enjoys listening to many uh time shifted radio programs uh just does so from in browser on his right. on his desktop computer,
0: and I, I've listened to many podcasts that way myself because yeah. sometimes it's just the the easiest uh, way to do it, especially if you're just going to listen to an episode. When I'm if I'm doing it for work, most certainly because I'm sitting at my computer already, and that's the easiest way for me to listen to the podcast is sitting there on my computer. And I think probably a lot of people who listen at work probably do
1: that, do it that yeah, way, just in browser. A lot of people listen at work. Some of them are not uh, breaking any rules yeah I've, I've I have friends where uh because I, I was surprised because if I'm doing any work at all, there's no uh <laughs> i can't I can't produce a podcast and listen to a podcast at the same time right but uh some friends of mine that draw for a living or uh, do other sorts of graphic design work uh can listen to podcasts all day long and they're not shirking any responsibility they're focusing.
0: And the other part I really loved about asking people, you know, like, well, I mean, I was. You oh, know, my once friend who a, drives a truck. Yeah, you. exactly. I, I heard someone uh, ride past the house this morning, commuting on their bike, uh, definitely listening to a podcast. And then uh, just before that was somebody definitely listening to the NPR station on, <laughs> like, you know, now they're just like
1: handlebar mounted Bluetooth mm-hmm. speakers. But is a, a it, different discussion for what's the appropriate use of the public uh, audio space. <laughs> Bluetooth. Well, should you be wearing headphones if you're if if people if your neighbors can hear you? Anyway, well, they wear headphones here as a speaker. I know, right? But I, but it's, it's more noise, dangerous. It's noise pollution. It's oh. dangerous to
0: wear headphones. And, Everyone on their bikes, sure, yeah. just because they're and, and and motorcycles have had radios for a very long time. So I mean, you know, it goes by pretty quickly. It's it's not nearly as obnoxious as a as a booming car. Or yeah. or the sound of a motorcycle, or and and it's only the only reason you can hear is because bicycles are we should, we should, yeah. It's
1: going to go into leaf blower mode.
0: Well, always a problem here at the podcast studio. <laughs> yeah. Construction and leaf blower, but it also the only reason you hear with a bike is because they don't make noise, mm-hmm. right? If there's traffic, you don't. If there were car traffic with them, I probably wouldn't hear their uh, hear their uh, radios. But uh, it diverts me from my the yeah, point sorry. I was about to make, which is. Um, What's always great to hear, though, is from the people who do listen to podcasts is what podcasts they listen to.
1: It's always my question.
0: And what's is great is I heard people mention a lot of really, really niche stuff that I not really heard of. So one person mentioned a H.P. Lovecraft
1: H.P. Lovecraft podcast sure it reminds me of uh, I don't remember the episode number but way back in the first dozen I started talking to strangers uh, for the first time in my life like hey what podcast do you like and then that's how I discovered that there was this whole genre of horror podcasts
0: yeah exactly and And we talked
1: about them and we uh, we played some selections.
0: That's right, and there were some guys who, were, who were like developers, so they were listening to the, you know, about JavaScript and about programming issues and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's, I mean, and that's the great wonder, right? It would be very difficult for any radio station probably to justify having a show about JavaScript programming development because <laughs> it, it may, maybe maybe. In Silicon Valley, maybe there's enough people to support that as a as a program, but probably not in terms of like the there broad could be, numbers.
1: There could be a, uh, a a leaky cable carrier current, just uh, all around Mountain Ray, View, yeah, Mountain just, View just and inside Cupertino. the Google campus, yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. But with the podcast, right, you can certainly have enough of an audience to make it worthwhile yeah. because there's enough people around the world who would be interested enough in 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 the topic and getting better at it. And that it's just that that stark reminder uh of how a podcast takes radio and allows you to make, you know, kind of like the zine of radio or the or the newsletter. If you know, cuz I I was a computer hobbyist going back to uh, being a kid, basically mm-hmm. 11 years old. And there were times when they were basically, you know, computer hobbyist newsletters. They weren't quite magazines, right? They were more often photocopied, uh, but they were, you know, certainly distributed in the hundreds or thousands mm-hmm. that you could subscribe to for, you know, a couple of bucks, you know, usually about more niche topics. So I had had a, and sometimes just niche computers. Um, I had a TI 99 for a Texas Instruments, had a home computer. Uh, unfortunately, uh, their represent their, their their spokesman at the time was Bill Cosby, <laughs> but uh, no one knew. Uh, hindsight least, is twenty twenty. Yeah, at least I didn't. Uh, and it wasn't as popular as an Apple II or a Commodore 64. So it it didn't have its own big glossy magazines, uh, but there were sort of more hobbyist publications, Uh, you know, so it would be articles and multiple people would, would uh, write in it. And often it was, Clearly printed on a dot matrix printer and 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 photocopied, and it's because there was you know just enough people to support that, and I feel like a podcast in many cases can be that version can can be the modern audio version of that in a way that a website can be, but you know there's this other engagement with podcasting, uh, and I and I understand that I've talked to people who who do some coding and they say that there there's definitely parts of coding where they can listen to podcasts it's not distracting. Ah, oh, interesting. Because of the nature, you know, so oh, it's gosh, not, not all me. Of it.
1: No wonder because, I'm not uh, a professional coder. Because
0: some some of it's more routine, or you're waiting for things to compile while you do something else, uh-huh. you know, or, or whatever. Um, again, I haven't programmed a computer r- really in 20 years, so uh, I'm way out of date, uh, and I'm probably saying silly things to anyone who does program computers regularly. Uh, sort of like how we talk about ham radio and we're silly. <laughs> um, but, you know, and, and and then to be able to, you know, sort of catch up on, on tips and tricks or, or you know, what is the evolving landscape of a given platform or a programming language or something while you're doing that is great. Um, and it's nice to kind of connect with that wider world. So I'd really be curious to hear from any any listeners. Uh, there's two things I'd love to know. One, I'd love to know what are the other – some of the other podcasts you listen to, especially if, if they're podcasts you think are kind of uh, niche, yeah. niche. Niche. I don't know. Pronounce it whichever way. Um, you know, if it's something which which is not, you know, one, not, not this American life or, uh, you know, a really well-known podcast but something but a little if that's more the
1: only other one you listen to. It's still fascinating.
0: That's fascinating. Yeah. I love but I'd love to know if there's anything really, really niche out there that you'd love to share. And two, I kind of want to know Do your friends and family listen to podcasts. Because it is such a solitary activity for, for most of us. I mean, for me, I mean, I don't. I very rarely listen to a podcast with another person. Most of the right. time, it's been with headphones or alone somewhere. Um, and I know that you know there were like serial listening parties, like for the podcast Serial, mm-hmm. which which was very, which was top of the news whatever a year and a half ago. Um, Adnan Sayed gets a new trial and yeah exactly uh the 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 acute well the, the convicted murderer who uh in that serial sort of casts some light into the shadows of of his um of his uh Conviction and the evidence, and and uh, which which then sparked uh, another other, podcast, another podcast called Undisclosed, to to really dive into the evidence, uh, casting enough uh, plausible doubt on on at least one aspect of it that he has now got a new trial. But you know that was very much kind of for podcasting front page news, and yeah. people, there were like listening parties that people would wait until the podcast would come out that
1: day and then listen to it together. I think it mostly happened in Brooklyn. Um, that the best one about that for my for my money was the uh, the number of like what's what is the what is the species of fish that swims along underneath and alongside of sharks and and uh, they 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 just live with the shark mm-hmm. and they don't hurt they're not parasites right but they they eat all the food that the shark doesn't eat that that's that's my metaphor for these other podcasts that came along where they would just talk about cereal. But
0: but you know in they, an informal way, and they would way. be like yeah,
1: and they'd be the fifth most popular podcast that week. Would be this you know Slate's podcast that was devoted entirely to the serial. Well, podcast.
0: It's not, I mean you know I mean there's podcasts devoted to Real Housewives. There's podcast sure. you know I mean it, it but I think anything but it that was the first time that podcast started to eat about, its own tail. That's true. I think it was probably the first time that there was meta podcast. Which maybe that
1: maybe that's what I want to do tomorrow is launch. I guess that's almost what we do sometimes here. We talk about podcasts. So
0: what if, so you could do the podcast about serial podcasts. So, (laughs) so you would, you would listen to all those podcasts. And then come on and sort of say, well, so the folks on Undisclosed said this, and crime writers on Serial said this, and then I don't know if the Slate podcast. And then that as soon as you got to the episode there.
1: 100, you'd go back to episode one of your own podcast, yeah. You only oh, you'd only eat the each, tail of your would, own. It would
0: be a true Ouroboros. Yeah. Uh, but you have to say, you know, uh, you know, then you go back and say, well, we were right or we were wrong, right? You, mm-hmm. have, to, you have to, you know, it's sort of like it's sort Closing of like, the uh, yeah, it's like standing in front of the monitor with the camera pointed at yourself. <laughs> The feedback loop. Making feed, yeah. Are, 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 have we entered a feedback loop now here? But I, I would love to hear from folks. Uh, we'd love to hear, yeah. you know, uh, what are some interesting uh, sort of uh, more niche or, or unusual podcasts you're into? And do, do, are your friends and family in the podcast? Are, 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 or, do do, or is this sort of like your 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 private phenomenon? Or, or you know, I've definitely talked with folks like, yeah, my, my family and friends are tired of me talking about podcasts or tired about me yeah uh, Bring it up all the time. I'm certain. I mean, I, I don't know. I imagine some of my family and friends are are tired of me talking about
1: podcasts. Huh? I don't even. Uh, I don't really talk about it that much except neither. with you I, I'm, and, everyone <laughs> I, and everyone I <laughs> everyone work and <at> everyone I work with. <laughs> I find that um, I I find it really shocking sometimes that some of my friends and family, but be my friends because it's a uh, sometimes it does feel generational, and so definitely. Uh, family members who are older maybe they don't they're not as into podcasts, and i understand why but it's um it's interesting how few people listen to stuff and it's also uh sort of an obsession of mine how often people don't uh try something new mm-hmm. there's like really you have your few things yeah that you do well
0: you know and you have only so much cognitive space and i sort sure. of fall into the same trap and then so i actually had this experience in the last week I went looking for a podcast on a particular topic and was flabbergasted that I actually couldn't find one that's in production Do you wanna, on this topic. Can you say what it is? I can. Yeah, yes. Um, it's on any navels. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, so it's uh, um about uh about being an audiophile, about about stereo equipment. So I I I am kind of into stereo equipment. I kind of into good high quality sound. It's something I've written about occasionally on uh, Radio Survivor. So, and so there are many magazines.
1: <laughs> it's because of the tyranny of the MP3. They refuse to podcast. Yeah, well, right, exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> They
0: they only they'll only release it as an uncompressed FLAC <laughs> file. Vinyl. It's only on vinyl, exactly. <laughs> a magnet or two inch magnetic tape. That, that is were, the joke. Yeah. It's on wire recorder. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's it's, very strange. I agree. That's it very is so strange. strange. And, and, and why? Because I mean, there's at least two, uh, f- there's like two or three, uh, you know, nationwide magazines in the U.S. Right. Fairly large circulation that all have websites that are fairly well updated frequently with lots of columnists, lots of writers. There's lots of independent websites that cover the the scene. And it's not, you know, it's not as big as, uh, you know, people covering like gadgets or phones or photography, right? Or photography. photography. Yeah. Because generally speaking, because a lot of the equipment is significantly more expensive than a digital camera. Uh, yet, you know, uh, and it even it gets written about often in places like general tech magazines like Wired or The Verge. No stereophile podcast. And yet, I, I, and, and so, you know, and I tried to do my best search. You know, I did it both, I did it through like iTunes, I did it through Overcast, I did it in Stitcher, and I did it in Google. And, I, you know, using terms like audiophile sure. or stereo. Yeah. If
1: anybody else in my life had told me, I tried to find a podcast and I didn't find it. I'd be like, well, did you try this? When Paul Reismandel says he looked for a podcast and he couldn't find it. Well, because I, I first thought I could just do it in, in the podcast app or iTunes Since and I would just do it, right? You're no slouch at research, nor are you uh, <laughs> unfamiliar with where podcasts are listed. And
0: and I'm and I and and I'd seen some that you know they're like oh well this one but it it hasn't been updated in a year or
1: two or or this one existed in like yeah
0: there have been them but they didn't last none of them seem to
1: last did you listen to the ones to the dead ones I didn't because I was a little
0: like I want to hear what's up to date I did find one everything changes, yeah and and the name was so like didn't I never would have found it otherwise except for looking in the metadata looking at the description of the show I wonder
1: if there's one where. Just two friends hang out and talk about whatever comes up. And then it turns out that like half, half the time they talk about their stereos. Let me see if I, let me see if I can that, pull this that's up. That's where you're being led astray. It's supposed to be about Game of Thrones, but they only talk about their stereos.
0: So it's one called Breaking Through the Sound Barrier. And, and it had one fairly recent episode. Okay. I listened to it this morning. Okay. At like four in the morning because I woke up and couldn't get back to sleep. And so I was cleaning my house, listening to this podcast. The old Insomnia podcast enjoyment. And I'm not entirely sure what it was about. But they talked about some project that maybe had been kickstarted. I can't quite tell. Having to do with how you uh, tune your stereo system. I think how you tune it to your room. So oh, how funny. you make sure that like
1: speaker placement mm.
0: and things like that.
1: The fact that you couldn't figure out what it was about reminds me of something that I wanted to mention about uh fifteen minutes ago. That um the idea that the audience for podcasts could very well that there's there's such a huge amount of people that aren't listening to podcasts yet that you can uh that, that not not just that they might potentially be your new your new audience so you can have hope, but also keeping them in mind they might be listening to your most recent episode first, right, and have no idea because no you what launch you're doing. into things.
0: Yeah, I mean that's absolutely something which I've uh, talked about in, in podcast workshops, yeah. uh, telling people you know that you know it's easy to take for granted that people know what's going on, and to some extent people like because ninety nine point nine of the way. people that are listening did listen to yeah. the last, but, day, but that you I still got to give them a little bit of a uh, just a little bit of, of, of a bit of rope to hang on to, and and then they talked about you know an issue they talked about using EQ. You okay. know, uh, and 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 what? So you found it. You found
1: your podcast. It's just it's not, not as-
0: really <laughs> it didn't really do it for me. As it turns out, plus they gave no indication that there would be another episode anytime. They talked about, well, we'll you know you'll read more about this in our quarterly report. I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about, and they signed off without any real indication that this was anything huh. but maybe a very occasional thing they, they dropped into the ether but it sounded to a good very one definitive would hope. no it didn't it oh, sounded, come on it's an <laughs> audio
1: file podcast they weren't talking into their microphones it sounded
0: like it was they, they were both on Skype and so rather than one on Skype and one not right It sounded like they're both on Skype it was fine but it, I wouldn't say it sounded good uh, shocking! Shocking! And then, and then I did find a podcast which, which is which is called Audiophile but has nothing to do with with audiophilism. In fact, <laughs>
1: what is it about?
0: I don't know, because all I had was an intro episode released in February, which says, "Check out the intro to my newest podcast. I think you'll like." Aww. And I listened to it and the guy basically says, oh, I'm going to do something really interesting and cool, but it really doesn't tell me what it's going to be. He just came up with a good name. He just came up One with a good, good name. name. So I was – it, it reminded me there's all these, all these areas yet to fill, places where you think, well, there's got to be this critical mass of people interested in the topic who could all probably right. listen to it. And I, I was thinking to myself, if I was going to uh, right now try and start a podcast for profit – Mm-hmm. And that's something I
1: would do. Yeah, you just gave away a, a, an I idea, did, right? A, a, and, and the reason an why I would do it something.
0: is not only is there an audience, but there's a huge number of ma- of, of potential advertisers right. who, who who could be probably talked into to sponsoring the show because uh, they sell kind of high ticket items for which there's a small market, um, which is something which works well for like magazines and, oh, and, and my, trade journals. Oh my! My journalist
1: brain just went swimming with the ethical implications. But that's how all trade journals work. Sure, and that's right now. Uh, podcast is the wild, wild west, isn't it? Do you have to disclose? Should I have not brought you, up yes, this topic? You
0: should. Yeah, you should. Um, because you should because everyone no, no. should. I, it, I mean, all all. The, so there are rules with the Federal Trade Commission, yeah. I believe. Yeah. I, and I believe that would apply in the United States. Good. Just as equally, um, as it would to any other medium. So, for instance, um, people on Twitter. Or on YouTube, on social media, who uh, basically tweet for a brand as an advertisement. Mm-hmm. They've been starting to get hit. Well, They've yeah. been getting warnings from the Federal Trade Commission re- for I not read, revealing that it's, uh, that it's actually sponsored. I, re- I read
1: one article about uh, the extremely popular video game reviewer, YouTube celebrity, uh, PewDiePie. It's not spelled PewDiePie. It's yeah, spelled PewDiePie. Swedish. P- Swedish guy. My son – my 10-year-old son had to correct me on the pronunciation. And he, he had done a game review without disclosing that it was entirely sponsored by the owner of the game and that they had, he had even been given a list of uh, rules. Mm-hmm. Don't say something negative about the game. Right. <laughs> Include links to this website. Right. When I mean, you that's review the, the game, and even paid it, for it. And yeah. he didn't. he didn't disclose.
0: No, but if you have an advertisement and it's clearly an advertisement, I mean, that's a disclosure, right? Right. So, I mean, if you had an audio file podcast and your sponsor was, uh, yeah, I don't know, uh, now I can't come up. I can't make up anything. Blaupunkt. Blaupunkt. I don't think Blaupunkt exists anymore. <laughs> if, if you're, if, if the advertiser were Sony, let's just mm-hmm. say Sony, right? Um, and you had a Sony advertisement. Uh, I mean, you've done. I mean, you know, you, yeah. Right. Now, if you said this is a review of Sony equipment and you never revealed that Sony was the advertiser... And that they'd given you the equipment for free, and had told you
1: to right. say something then, nice about then, it. Then the
0: FTC might have actually taken be you your, to dinner on your tail. But no, I mean that would that otherwise, uh, you know, it is perfectly ethical. I mean, uh, there may be folks who are in community radio and public radio who are screaming at me now, or in their head saying BS. Uh, that's not ethical, um, and that's a different argument.
1: Send but, us your email. Yeah, Pod- let us know. Editors, wait what? <laughs> Podcast again, yeah, again. at
0: Radiosurvivor.com. We've had the same email address since we started, Eric. I don't know why you can't remember it.
1: There, there's, there's
0: so much. In well, you know what we need to do is, daily. you know, we'll, you know, write it on the board. In every, in like any community radio station or college station right. I've ever been in, they always have the placards up. And, and that like, let's say, like
1: the call letters yeah. are, and that's that's the problem. <laughs> the is phone that number is there. Is the, it's stored in my mind? Are are dozens of those facts. That I was required to remember jumbled up now in in an alphabet soup. No, I, I, I can tell you uh, three of the phone numbers I grew up with. Oh yeah,
0: totally. Yeah, right. Exactly. Sadly, yeah. So, uh, so anyway, yeah. So I was just blown away that this is this is a topic that isn't covered. However, there is a tangential topic where there's a lot of podcasts. There's a lot of podcasts about vinyl records. Oh, of course. And the thing, though, I, I figured out, I, so I listened to one this morning, which I think is on Panoply, actually. Mm. Maybe just recently added to Panoply because it's it, it looks like it came back from hibernation. It's called Record Nerds, N-E-R-D-Z. Okay. And But it's all about collecting vinyl, which is different. Sure. <laughs> right? So collecting vinyl is a bit like collecting Pokemon cards. Or, you know, it's about... Right or baseball cards or or you know anything in that folks are often like well I'm looking for this particular you know edition of this record I want the Nirvana's Nevermind on blue vinyl or you know here's a record uh, you know that came out in like 1997 and and it was like only like a thousand vinyl editions, you know, there are only thousands of pieces of vinyl because mostly it was CD it's never been re-released. So I've been looking for this Holy Grail record and go to record shows and stuff. And that's what that's about. Only sort of fleetingly do they ever say, oh, that record doesn't sound so good or it's it's well reputed that that, you know, that one is the best sounding. It wasn't very much about the talking.
1: That you already accept the vinyl supremacy. Or whatever, right?
0: Yeah, but it, there's always to me. It's you know. <laughs> Speaking then, of
1: which, I just remembered that okay. we have gotten critical feedback in the past from people uh, that thought Jennifer and I were uh, mocking uh, vinyl supremacy. And really? Certainly weren't.
0: And there was a point I I, I was considering, uh, especially when before I was employed again, that like you know expanding the Radio Survivor brand, and you could have Vinyl Survivor, right? Vinyl uh, Survivor. And we, we you know so that would have been just a website, but definitely the podcast, right?
1: zine survivor
0: precisely I uh, there's, we, we we are sort of in community radio and in podcasting we're in sort of this this sort of the middle of this grand continent of, of, of grassrootsy uh, niche although I don't know how niche
1: vinyl is anymore with record store day and right. everything else but my podcast that I would launch uh, maybe that you can co-host with me if you want to is um, talking about uh, collecting science fiction paperbacks. That's yeah. See, there you go. That's, and uh, I've I've recently started. Is, is purchasing, there a podcast about that? Good question. You, you I've recently started purchasing the same book over and over again because oh, I want to read it to. I want to read it tomorrow, and I know that I have it somewhere in storage. <laughs> and this copy only costs three dollars. Uh, and then I've also uh, bought the book twice because the cover is pretty, mm-hmm. and I hadn't seen this painting. You know, because these paintings are amazing that they would do for these nineteen eighties, nineteen seventies. Science fiction books, some of those painters are uh, that's a podcast right there. You I, see, they, they're I mean, certainly good websites. I've seen them,
0: yeah. Well, right, but doesn't mean there's a podcast yet. Yeah. That's the thing, it's it, it blows my mind. <laughs> You'd think at this point everything would be covered, and it's sort of, I mean, it's also wonderful to figure out that everything isn't covered, uh, even so. So, uh, you know, tell us, uh, what, what podcast would you like to see? Good Email question. us podcast. At radiosurvivor.com on the whole record thing. Yeah. Just real briefly. Uh-huh. uh yeah, I wrote about it uh, at the end of last year, right? So I, I uh, wrote about turntables that people could use at home mm-hmm. and ones that were suitable for a, a, a like a low-power FM station, right? Good enough for radio use. Oh, cool. But not very expensive, right? Because yeah. – the these like crossley turntables that are like fifty bucks, a hundred bucks at Target or wherever are terrible. Yeah. They chew up vinyl. They don't sound good. Ugh. The irony is that people, what people hated, like people thought CD sounded
1: so good, right? Because the vinyl got old. Yeah, because what people had terrible record players,
0: right? Because they had these cheap, crappy plastic record players ah. that weren't very good. And then when and then so compared to a CD, even on a cheaper player, it it didn't have the surface noise. It it sounded better, right? I mean, I certainly thought so as well. And the irony is, then you know, with this supposed resurgence in vinyl, people are buying this. Basically, these designs—I mean—are the same crappy designs they were. They're selling ruining their <laughs>
1: records all over in again.
0: Nineteen in nineteen
1: eighty-eight. Another generation of. uh, I wrote about this
0: like was one of the the top electronics the top selling electronics item on Amazon.com last Christmas season was a record player but it was a cheap ass plastic piece of junk Fine. (laughs) anyway we'll put that in the show notes some of you are with me some of you are (laughs) so tired of this because they are like get back to the radio guys get back to radio I'm sure there's a whole
1: lot of vinyl love in radio, if you land. want us
0: to get back to radio, tell us uh, on iTunes. Uh, leave a comment on iTunes for other people to say, "Hey, they're great, except when they go down when they when, they, when they <laughs> let Paul go down yeah, the rat of hole of vinyl." Constructive
1: criticism, or even, um, like I'm willing to go a little bit farther down the road. I don't always care if it's constructive. I'm okay with a little bit of uh, negative feedback. I mean, be you know. Ad hominem attacks are not called for, mm-hmm. but if but if I blew it, I guess constructive criticism can be pretty. pretty yeah, constructive
0: uh, criticism doesn't mean that it has to be uh, issued with a life. No touch. one has to pull a punch. Yeah, right. Exactly. If I messed up, we, we, we want to know. We want to know what you really think. Um, you can also race on Stitcher, apparently. Um, and you can rate us a Google Play now and uh, man I'm so behind in getting all those links together so that they're regularly mm, on the website there's a lot to do too many places too much to do and not enough time so we're going to leave it at that thank you all
1: yeah thanks so much it was good, good, good show everybody